Hey there, Grease the Wheels Nation. This episode of Grease the Wheels is sponsored by the Toolheads Crate. Toolheads Crate is a monthly subscription crate service that is made for you, and they're loaded up full of goodies like coupons, discount codes, and t-shirts to some of your favorite tool companies, as well as the stuff that gives you a little taste of what those companies have to offer. Their slogan, Cheap Box Better Stuff, that's right, they are not going to be gouging you with fancy advertising or fancy shipping. Nope, they are just getting a cheap box and loading it full of stuff that's going to make your life easier. This month, the Golden Wrench Box winner wins a high-definition video boroscope from SP Tools USA valued at over $520. If you've never used one of these, you have to. They're absolutely awesome. Me and Uncle Jimmy actually had a lot of fun with one of them when my brake booster filled with ice. Toolheads Crate, proud sponsor of Grease the Wheels. All right, boys and girls, welcome once again to Grease the Wheels, your weekly technician podcast brought to you by your dear old Uncle Jimmy, coming to you live from the rock and roll garage. Today, what I want to talk to you about is something that's going to affect you completely, something that you're going to go and you're going to listen to this and you're going to say, fuck yeah, that's right, Uncle Jimmy, God damn it, how does this guy know this stuff? Because it's the same problems everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. What I want to talk about today, this subject is how to keep us, how to keep us. And what this is for, this is for all of the service managers and shop owners out there who have gotten themselves a hold of this podcast and are listening to it now and maybe thinking to themselves, God, I hate this fucking Uncle Jimmy motherfucker. He rouses my technicians up. He tells them that they're worth things and that they're the talent and all that shit. And and I can't get them to do what I want because they're like, yeah, fuck this place. Uh, Grease the goddamn wheels. Let's get out of here. Well, guess what? I'm going to help you keep the technicians you have right now. Okay. I'm going to help you. As a shop owner, as a shop manager, as a dealership owner or a dealership manager, as a general manager, as a fixed ops guy, whatever the fuck you are, if you're in charge of the things that happen to technicians in your shop or in your shops, uh, plural, I'm going to tell you right now how to keep them. All right. Now, you might think, oh, well, here he comes. He's going to start telling us we have to pay him more. Well... Yes, yes I am. But I'm not gonna tell you that you should just write everyone a blank fucking check and let them fill out how much they're worth. I'm not gonna tell you that. I'm gonna tell you something like that, but I'm gonna tell you exactly how to keep us. Number one, number one is the pay. Now, I'm not talking about the pay that you're paying right now, because I can assure you that no matter who the fuck you're talking about, whether it's a lube tech, or whether it's the guy who's been doing it for five years, a guy who's been doing it for 10 years, a guy who's been doing it for 15 years, all of those people, every single fucking one of us believes that we are underpaid. And that is because we have eyes and ears and we can see how much you charge the customers. We know how much you charge the customers. Oh, and by the way, when you give it away to the customers, don't give our money away, give your money away, okay? 
It's very important for us to get paid for doing what we do. Nobody else in the world is expected to give away their labor or the good, the bill of goods that they produce and that they sell. No one should give that away, okay? I can't roll into a grocery store and buy 10 items and get the 11th one for free. Doesn't fucking happen. It does not happen. I don't go somewhere and say, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I, I want dessert, but I don't want to pay for it. Can you just comp me the dessert? Okay, yes, some, sure, some places do that, but most places don't. They earn money by selling you things, and we're selling you our labor, and we want to earn money from it. And when you tell a customer that we're going to do something for them, no charge, what that means is you're going to do it no charge, but you're going to fucking pay me. And most shops get it and understand it, but some shops don't. And so if you run a shop and you're trying to figure out how to keep technicians and you keep seeing them leave, remember that the only reason they're showing up is because you pay them. And if you try to figure out ways to not pay them, they're going to try to figure out ways to not fucking work for you. Get it? Here's another thing that goes hand in hand with the pay. If you start off somebody as a lube tech and you say, okay, we pay lube techs $10 an hour. Great. Every fucking lube tech in the world that starts working at a dealership thinks to themselves, okay, this pay sucks, but I'll get a raise if I do a good job. So they come in every day, not all of them, obviously, and some of them aren't equipped to, to give you a, a better job than you are paying them for. Some of them aren't equipped to do good work. Some of them are stupid. Some of them are lazy. Some of them are lazy and stupid, which is deadly. You know that. If you've, if you've run a shop with the lube techs, then you have lube techs in your shop and you've seen what they do to cars sometimes. It's ridiculous how fucking stupid they are. But if you got a guy, he starts out as a lube tech, he makes $10 an hour and he does the job right. He doesn't cause you problems and he doesn't complain too much and he shows up on time and he gives you what he's got. Then at the end of a certain period of time, be it six months, maybe even three months or a year, you need to think about paying that guy some fucking more money. It's pretty fucking simple. It's a reward. Say, guess what? You've done a fabulous job for us. You are everything that we could ask for. We're gonna pay you more money. Here's a raise. And make it a substantial raise, okay? If you start talking about a raise nowadays and the end word of that amount for your raise is the word sense, you need to be fucking shot in the head. Nobody should, or nobody anywhere, I don't give a fuck if you work at Walmart, or if you work at McDonald's or anywhere you work, if somebody says, we're going to give you a raise and it's going to be X, X cents, you need to poke that son of a bitch in the eye and say, guess what? We have a whole different economy now than we did 150 fucking years ago. A raise in cents is not going to fucking work for anybody. Don't fucking do it. Don't be that cheap cocksucker. That is offensive. It is, it is an insult. If you say to this kid, hey, you know, you're making 10 bucks an hour. You've been doing a great job. We want to keep you working here. We're going to give you 11. It's got to be at least a dollar. I think that the minimum raise that anybody in the world should ever make is a dollar. The minimum raise. If they're not worth it, don't give them a fucking raise. Don't give them 50 cents. Don't fucking do that, okay? That's that's Uncle Jimmy's rule number one of how to keep us. And also, it, it, just to add a little note to that, if you have a lube tech and he does a good job and you give him a raise, what you want to give him along with that raise is an opportunity to see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
You don't even have to have a fucking tunnel or a light, but let him see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel or tell him that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Just say, listen, you know, if you keep going, we're going to send you to some training and we'll put you in the shop and you can work with the other technicians and you can make more money. But we want to keep, we want to keep, we want to see your commitment to what we hired you to do. We want to see that conti- that commitment to doing the job right and well. We want to see it continue. And then we know we have somebody that we can move up and you are that person. Now, if you have a lube tech that works for you now and you have more than one, you know you're going to have one who does the job right and you're going to have one, two, maybe three others who are just a bunch of fucking jerk-offs. You know, they're on their phone and they, they don't check tire pressures. They don't look the cars over and they don't fucking top off the washer solvent and they put the wrong amount of oil in and they cross-thread the drain plug and they do all of the shit fucking wrong. Don't reward those motherfuckers too. You, you weed out the trash by telling them that they haven't earned a raise. Now, I'm not telling you that you should manage from the negative, but you should have a pretty good idea in your head of who you want to keep working for you and who you don't. And you can't straighten somebody out who's a piece of shit sometimes. So make the decision. You say, I'm either going to give this guy a raise and ask him to do better work, or I'm going to just fucking fire him. But make a fucking decision. And that's part of the problem that we have with you when it comes to this. You need to make a decision. Do you want me to keep working for you or do you not? If you want me to keep working for you, you're going to have to fork over raises. If you do not want me to keep working for you, then fucking either fire me or tell me you're not going to give me a raise because your work is substandard. End of sentence. That's the three choices. Now, number two. If number two, I think number two is actually more important, but it just became number two because number one is probably what everybody else thinks is the most important, which is the money. The money's got to be there. There's got to be more money. It's got to be, you got to set aside money for the future to pay us also because everything goes up in price. Everything goes up. My salary needs to do the same. And if it doesn't, I will grease the wheels and you will have to figure out how to keep the next guy which you have failed at so far. But number two is important as well. Number two, I call simply respect. Now, in some places I've worked at, the only way I was gonna find respect is if I went to the record store and I looked up records by Aretha Franklin. That was the only way I was gonna get respect. There was absolutely not one speck of respect, no pun intended, for anybody in the building. Everyone was a piece of shit, everyone was a jerk off, everyone was bad at what they do, everyone made too much money, everyone fixed the cars wrong. That was the mantra, the dogma of our management there, was that nobody could do the job right. And so that place had probably the worst, it was probably the worst place I've ever worked in my life, really. I should have loved it. I should have loved it. And the people that I worked with there are, a lot of them are friends of mine, a lot of them are people I know and I'm friendly with and, and like a lot, but they were treated like dogs and they were beaten and not fed well, and why some of them are still there is beyond me. Uh, it was just terrible. And uh, they have since actually changed ownership, and it may, things may be a lot better now, although I still hear bad things about them. Uh, it may be simply because they changed ownership and they didn't change really any of the staff, or a lot of it anyway. You need respect, everybody needs respect. And respect is one of these things that you give and you get, okay? You have to give people respect. You have to, as a technician, you, you have to respect the people in your parts department. You have to know, you know what? They're not really well paid and they're giving me 100%, so I respect that, okay? And if they make a mistake, guess what? They're human beings just like I am because I know I make mistakes. I know parts is gonna make mistakes. I know everybody makes mistakes. 
I have to deal with them. Going on and whining about them, that's not going to help me at all. So let's, let's keep the respect intact and make complaints that are valid and offer solutions with those complaints. We talked about that before. If, uh, if, a, if you have a, a parts guy who is consistently getting parts wrong, who's consistently doing it bad, listen, he deserves respect because he's showing up and he's trying, but he needs to try harder or he needs to find another line of work. Kind of simple. Somebody has to draw the line in the sand, but I don't think that there's any case at all where somebody you work with doesn't deserve respect. Okay, and I mean that all the way from the top to the bottom. The general manager, he deserves respect because somebody said to him at one time that they thought he did a great job and that he should be the head guy in charge. And you know what? He, they're probably right. They're probably right. Because when you have to manage a whole bunch of people, if you're really bad at it, it shows up right away, usually. Now, some of the, some of the management jobs that exist down the chain, you can have some people in there who might not be a good fit who might not be the right person for the job. You still have to respect them if they try. You still have to respect the person who said that they feel like they can do it. Maybe they earn more respect for some of the things they do. Maybe they actually detract from the respect that they have earned for the things that they do. Also to other side of the coin is how much respect do they give you? If there's no respect for, you know, and you know as a technician when, you're, when, when your management and your service advisors have respect for you, you know right away. When you talk to them, you know if they have respect for you. And you also know when they don't have a lot of respect for you. And sometimes it's out of sheer ego that they don't have respect for you because they feel like they can do your job, which is one of the things that management does that absolutely fucking murders me and makes me respect them less. Because anybody who rolls into my shop, I don't give a fuck where they came from and says that they can do my job, but they're not doing my job, they're doing something different then I don't have any respect for them at all. They can kiss my motherfucking ass. This is the same cocksucker who will look at an actor or a comedian or a doctor or a lawyer and say, oh, I could do that. Bull fucking shit, okay? Reel in your ego, you fuckwad. Reel it in. Put it away. Keep it hidden. One of the ways that a manager or a shop owner can keep you in his building working is if you have a proper and a good amount of respect for that person. I worked at an independent where the two owners, where the, the owner felt like I wasn't very good at what I do and kind of let me know in a very clandestine way that she didn't think I was very good at what I did. And she's wrong. I can tell you right now, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I know why I do it. I know how to do it. Does it work perfectly? No. When you bring me a 150,000 mile car that has 10 problems and I fix two of them and a customer comes back and complains about the other eight that we quoted them for, but they didn't fucking do it. Guess what? If you come back out and you say shit to me, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. That's where your respect comes from or that's where your respect disappears from. I've had that everywhere I work. Recently, I had a gentleman, I told him he needed coils and plugs in his car. He just wanted the plugs. I put in the plugs. I put the old coils back in on top of those fucking plugs. He came to get it. Still ran like shit. Oh, how come it still runs like shit? Um, yeah, it's right here on your estimate. Coils? Fuck face. I'm pretty used to customers not having respect for us because they have to pay. And when you have to pay, sometimes respect falls by the wayside with that. But when a manager, when management or some other members of the staff don't want to respect you, that's how you lose people. That's how they go away. Uh, we, might, we might come to work because we need the money, 
but we would definitely like some recognition. We would definitely like some respect. And if you can't give us props, we'll find some fucking place that does. Number three, there's a bunch of tiny little fucking things that you can do to keep us happy. But I don't think anything works better than to make sure that your shop works. And that involves a lot of different things, okay? Um, if you have people in your shop, parts department, your lot guys, your advisors, other technicians, maybe wash guys, you have people that don't fucking work. They don't work. Oh, maybe they look like they work. Maybe they act like they work, but they don't work. Because you can see it. I don't even care if you're just busy all day long doing something. You still see that the guy across the shop from you is phoning it in. You know when the lot guy is a fucking loafer. You know when you see some of the cars after they've been washed that the wash guy is not paying attention. Everything needs to work. And this doesn't just involve, this doesn't just include or involve just people, other fellow employees. This includes equipment. Hey, if I got a tire machine and it's broken and I can't change a tire, how the fuck am I supposed to make money if I can't sell four tires in alignment on a car? How am I supposed to make money? Now, whose job is it to keep that machine fixed? Is that my job as a technician? No. I got to be honest with you. In the past, I have taken it upon myself to make sure equipment is oh, uh, cleaned and maintained. And I know a lot of times the name of the person that needs to be called to come and fix the machine. And I will call them, even though I don't have a PO, even though I don't have permission to spend the shop's money, I'll call them. Hey, come in and fix this machine. Uh, it's got, I need a PO number. Uh, how about uh, 8675309? That's a PO number, okay? Seriously, get here and fix the fucking thing. We'll figure out who's gonna pay you later, jackass. All right, tire machines, uh, wheel balancers. There's an enormous number of pieces of equipment in your shop that need to have maintenance, that need to be fixed, that need to be repaired, that need to be removed and replaced with better pieces of equipment. That's one of the ways you're gonna keep me working there is if you make an investment in the tools and the equipment. Good shop owner knows he's gotta do that. A good shop manager knows that they have to expend money to keep the equipment in proper working order, to buy new equipment, to buy updated equipment. I, I'm imagining that a lot of shop owners now are saying to themselves, why the fuck do I have to buy an AC machine that does one, two, three, four YF? Why? Because it doesn't work on anything else. You know, you have a 134 machine and you make tons of money with that one. Sure. And one of these days you're going to need to get one of these 1234YF machines and, and deal with that. And oh, by the way, did you know, you probably do if you're a technician who's ever worked with one, is the uh, Society of Automotive Engineers and the United States government has said that they have to work a specific way. They have to test for leaks and they have to test for leaks and then they have to test for leaks. And then, oh yeah, they have to test for leaks. So guess what? Evac and recharging a car takes fucking three times longer than it used to with R134A because that thing would only test for leaks if you asked it to. This machine, it seems like it's mandatory. Uh, some machines, I think you can turn it off. I don't know, I haven't played around with it enough. It is really still pretty brand new stuff. And a lot of the European cars that I work on have it, but they haven't had a lot of AC problems just yet, so. But that is something that your shop owners and the people who are in charge of your shop need to consider. You need the proper equipment. There's some tools that you should not have to buy in order to do your job. 
you've already bought enough tools. I'm sure that all of you, myself included, have 10, 15, 20, 30,000 dollars in tools. Some of you in the heavy duty industry have way fucking more than that invested in your own tools. It's about fucking time that the shop stepped up to buy the other fucking tools that need to be used to complete specific jobs so that I don't have to. So there's that. Shit needs to work, whether it's people, tools, or equipment. And that goes along for managers, okay? Now, I've gone on ad infinitum on this podcast about a service manager I had who was a piece of garbage who came in late and left early and didn't do shit except to fuck the shop up. That guy needs to work. That guy needs to do his fucking job or her job because, you know, being a service manager is not a male-dominated job. It shouldn't be. It, it doesn't have to be. I've had a female service managers, some good, some bad, mostly bad, honestly, but only because when people get into a management position, they seem to forget that other people work there and they're more important than them and their egos take over and they suddenly somehow or another fucking know everything and oh by the way can fix the cars too your service manager has to work though that's that's pretty much the tippy top of the scale for everybody in the shop the service manager has to work the service advisors have to work I had a service advisor who was who phoned it in for two years I lost about thirty thousand dollars a year because of that lazy Sucker, parts guys have to work, the receptionist has to work, everything has to work. I mean, I'm not asking everybody to keep their nose to the grindstone and leave with their clothes stained with sweat and greasy and their hands all beat up and everything like me. I'm just asking them to do their particular portion of their job so that I don't have to do it. So that I don't have to wonder why it's not being done. So I don't have to worry about fixing a car absolutely completely correctly and straightening out dozens of problems with with a system so that it works properly and then you cleaning a car with a dirty fucking rag and now all of a sudden when the CSI report comes back when the review comes back they say oh well the car was fixed right but it was dirtier after the repair than it was before and I'm not sure how they did that and you want to go and choke the shit out of the guy who's supposed to wash the cars but actually stands by the side of the car wash where nobody can see him and smokes a joint <laughs> that's what I'm talking about those people need to work if you surround me with people who are lazy and people who don't work, chances are I'm going to unsurround myself with those people and leave. So if you want to keep me working there, make sure everybody else that works there actually works and the equipment as well. So there's a little primer for you. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not a technician and you're in management, these are some of the things that you need to think about so that you can keep the technicians that you have. Other things, there's some other dumb things that you can do, okay? At Christmas time, maybe a little Christmas bonus works good. I know that there was one year where we were all suffering economic downturn, and yet the owner came through with an extraordinarily magnanimous bonus at Christmas time, and I was blown away by that. And I will forever revere that particular owner in my heart. He is a good guy. He's a solid, generous guy. And I would work for him again if I could. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want me, but uh, <laughs> but that's a, way, that's a way of keeping somebody. Buying food every once in a while, yeah. Do technicians like free lunch? Fuck yeah, we do. God damn it, we gotta eat, baby. We all gotta eat because we gotta keep it up. And uh, buying us lunch, I'd say, I'd say honestly, once every couple of weeks, if you step up and do it once a week, that goes a long way towards showing respect, actually. And it also saves us a little money and it makes us happier. 
And plus two, if you feed us in the shop, we don't leave the shop. We can get back to work quicker. We're not, you know, at some club uh, somewhere getting a hamburger, watching strippers work or something like that. It happens. Trust me, it does happen. You know, that. that. Uh, also, to uh, you know, days off when we need them. You know, maybe maybe I uh, maybe I hit my thumb with a hammer, and and it's swelling. And you, as service manager or somebody who's in charge of us, looks at it and says, "Listen, I'm going to pay you a sick day. I need you to go home. Let that thing calm down. Okay, come back uh, the day after tomorrow. Okay, because you know I know you need your thumb. It's uh, it's an important appendage." on your hand it separates us from the animals so uh go get better you know if some if you have a death in the family uh if you if your dog is sick i because i consider dogs extremely valuable to the health and well-being of of people not just mechanics if your dog is sick let the guy have a half day off to take his dog to the vet kids obviously more important than the dog but still here we go if the kids are sick you know you gotta let them stay home take care of their kids if they come in late two or three days a week because they got to take their kid to school. I think that's just something you're going to have to live with, especially if somebody is, you know, is valuable and uniquely talented. Uh, you know, it just goes a long way. And someday there's going to be a day when they don't need to take their kids to school. For some reason, either the kids graduate or they go to a different school or somebody else can take them, whatever. You look like a hero because you stepped up and said, just do this and get here when you can. That's another thing that causes us to want to stay that causes us to want to work for you that allows for you to keep us there's a million other things that i can't even really think of obviously raises and having a a plan in place for an individual and not just a short-term plan where you come into work tomorrow but a short-term but a long-term plan where in a year we'll give you a raise we'll evaluate your talent and your skill and your experience and maybe give you a bigger raise and train you for more and better work and then move you up and eventually you'll retire but you'll be so extremely skilled and an expert at what you do that we'll ask you and beg you not to retire that's something that you want to look to to try to keep us so if you're looking for ways and and here's another thing too as well okay uh, where you are where you, it's stupid it's this is just really dumb but in a lot of places that i've worked and i and i've heard from other people who worked in places that are similar to this they have trouble with parking i mean you have a lot and it's full of brand new cars and then you have wedged used cars in there and there's no place for the employees to park did you not think about that do the employees have to park two, three, four fucking miles down the road and either walk or get driven back to the dealership to work? That's kind of ridiculous. You have to figure out a way to kind of work around that situation. Do technicians, does anybody really want to leave their vehicle in a lot two, two miles down the road while they work? And maybe somebody could get in and break into their shit? No, nobody wants that. I want to park on site. I want to park, you know, within 100, 150, 200 yards of the building. So that if something happens to my vehicle, somebody comes in and goes, hey man, somebody's breaking into your car or somebody smashed into it or there's a bird perched on the fucking roof. That happened to me the other day, believe it or not. But uh, this, is, this is all, these are all little things actually that can help you keep us. We wanna be kept. We want to enjoy uh, the financial fruits of our labor and we wanna have some respect and we want everything around us to work regardless of whether it's human or not. There's a thousand little other things too uh, I can't think of them all. Maybe if you're so inclined, you could hit me up on the Facebook page for Grease the Wheels and let me know what it is that uh, you'd like to see your employer do to 
keep you working there. Uh, maybe there's things you'd like for him to stop doing. Maybe there's things that you would like for him to stop making you do that would help keep you working there. I know one of my complaints is that the uniforms that I wear are somewhat terrible and cause me to sweat profusely. And so I end up ditching them and wearing a t-shirt. And I have a feeling that someday someone's going to request that that come to an end and I may have to vacate that particular employer because I can't run around all day long with a shirt with a collar on it when it's going to make me sweat like an Egyptian pyramid builder, okay? So those are some of the little things. Let me know what your little things are. Let me know what the things that push your buttons or actually unpush your buttons that I can let some of these people who listen to this podcast for management know. All right, so with that, those are some tips on how to keep us working for you. Uh, I think importantly, before I sign off, one of the other things that I want to do is, um, look, uh, we all know, it's not a secret, we all know that there is a severe shortage of technicians. And then in order for you to to get more technicians to work in in your shops, that you have to offer a higher rate of pay. Uh, You have to be more competitive with some of the other shops and dealerships in your area and maybe even across the country. And so when you do that, when you hire somebody in and you really don't have a good grasp of what their skills are, what their experience is and what the training is, and maybe you've done a little bit of due diligence and checked some of their background and and found out from people that they're uh, an excellent employee and you offer them more money than you're paying everybody else in the shop, believe me, you could even say to them, don't tell anybody how much money you make. Well, guess what? They're gonna find out. And when the top guy in your shop now finds out that you hired another guy and you're paying him more than him and he's the top guy and, and the new hire is not the top guy, and you haven't compensated everybody else's pay accordingly, you're gonna have problems. So take that into consideration if you're management, if you're somebody who hires people, if you're an HR and you determine pay, if you're gonna hire somebody new and you're gonna pay them more than everybody else in the shop, just be ready for the shit storm. That's not a good way to keep us. What you wanna do is start somebody out at a pay rate that is commensurate with their experience with somebody else in your shop and then inform them that you will have a review with them in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days or a year and that you will compensate them at that time accordingly to their experience and so on and so forth. Because we know as technicians that if we want more money, all we gotta do is grease the wheels. And so with that said, this, this is your Uncle Jimmy and this is how I sign off by saying, see ya.